Hello everyone and welcome to Truth Be Told. I want you guys to take a deep breath and calm yourself. Are you calm? Okay, good, because shit's about to get real. Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Truth Be Told. Today's episode is going to be one of my favorite topics, sugar daddies and sugar zaddies. I love talking about sugar daddies and sugar zaddies because one, it's entertaining as shit. Two, I love getting into debates with men. Men always seem to be offended. Not all men, but the insecure ones always seem to be offended when I start talking about this. So here we go. We're going to speak terms, first of all. We're going to do the difference between a daddy and a zaddy because there is a difference. A daddy, a sugar daddy, is typically one that is older, not necessarily good looking, um, but has really fat pockets, um, is willing to pay really good money, and it could be for a multitude of things. It could be to go have lunch. It could be to go to dinner, to go to vacations, to have sex. It could be, um, now granted, you can't pay to have sex because that's illegal. Hello, duh. But it could be, uh, it could be somebody who gives you an allowance, who wants to spoil you, who gives you gifts. Um, typically the reciprocant, or the recipient is going to be a much younger, prettier girl. Um, that's what I would think of when I think of sugar daddy. Now there's zaddies. Zaddies are going to be older men who are typically very good looking, uh, who also have style and who def- who just have so much money, they just don't know what to do with it. So they like spoiling women um, in exchange for that and not necessarily one that really um, needs anything, but just, just likes, just likes to give money away, whatever. Uh, so we're going to talk about both. And then there's two other terms. Uh, I want to discuss, I want to discuss the term gold digger. So whenever I tell this story uh, to people, because I'm going to tell you my own personal experience with a sugar daddy, because I have had one. Whenever I tell this story, it is, there's always one guy that will question me and will question my actions and will question what I did. And it's usually, and I get, I've gotten so many different, um, gotten into so many different types of arguments or debates with it. And it's always the same thing. It's like, well, I guess that makes you a gold digger. Well, where are your morals? Where, where are, you know, um, basically, um, try to demean my character for even like, I guess, entertaining it or whatever. And we can, we can, we'll discuss that. So first of all, one, when somebody questions my morals with anything, with anything I do, I, do I have morals? Absolutely. Are they consistent with your morals? No. Do they need to be? No. Should everybody have the same morals? No. Your morals are based on what you've went through in life, what your religion is, what you actually believe in, and good for you. And everybody should have their own personal morals. Just because my morals don't fit yours does not make you better or above me in any kind of way. I'm living my life. I've got my own shit that I'm abiding by based on my own standards. So who the fuck are you to judge what I'm doing? Live your life with your morals and do you. Good for you uh, too. So I think there's a big difference between a gold digger and a gold taker. Um, I never dig for gold. I never, money is not important to me. Does it drive me? Does it motivate me? Absolutely. Does it 
it doesn't define a character. It's if I'm, I could definitely see myself dating some man that doesn't have it. I'm okay with being the breadwinner in a relationship, but, and there is nothing that you, there's no amount of money that a person can have that will allow you to treat me a certain way. So it doesn't matter how rich you are, who you are, you will still respect me the same way I will respect you. You your money does not get, give you the right to treat me any kind of way, nor does it give you any type of rights over my body whatsoever. Making that very clear. Those are those are my morals. That's what I stand by. That being said, I don't dig for gold. Well, I take it absolutely. If you want to be a gold giver, I will be a gold taker. I have no problem with that. We can definitely do that. <laughs> so if you want to give me your money, by all means, honey, I'll, I'll take it. No problem. Um, so did I have a... Sugar daddy? Yes. I was young. I was 22 years old. I worked for Hooters. I had just gotten out of my marriage. Um, it was right before I had met my second boyfriend. And um, I'll tell you the story how I met him. He was a regular at Hooters. We called him Uncle Ron. I ended up calling him Old Man Rivers. But I, that sounds really fucked up. Yeah, but I mean, that's the truth. That's My friends and I called him Old Man Rivers. It was, just, it was a thing, Old Man Rivers. So his name was Uncle Ron. I never really knew. I never found out what his last name was, but he owned a taxi cab company in Austin. And um, one of the girls who typically took care of him, I think was swamped or had to leave early or something happened that day to where she gave him to me and said, hey, he'll tip really well. Take care of him. I said, sure. Why not? So um, I took care of him. I think he ordered a beer. He sent me $100. Wasn't a big deal, whatever. And then he, one of the girls said, hey, uh, Uncle Ron is inviting everybody to go to lunch in about a week. Can you make it? I said, sure, I can go. And we ended up going to a different Hooters. <laughs> it was in San Antonio. So I worked at the Hooters at the Riverwalk, and we ended up all going to the Hooters on Wurzbach Road or something like that. I've Yeah, that's – I don't know. Anywho, um, I'm the only one who's on time, and there's about nine to ten girls who are going, and I'm the only one that gets there promptly. So it's just him and I sitting there for about 10 minutes before everybody else starts showing up. I don't know what he said. I still don't remember. I don't remember exactly what specifically what he said, but whatever he said pissed me off and I got up to leave and he immediately was like, no, 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 sit down, sit down. I'm so sorry. Super apologetic. Like, please, that was wrong of me. That was inappropriate. Please sit down. I apologize. So I was really annoyed, but I did. Everybody else showed up. It was a decent enough lunch, whatever. I get up. I leave. He calls me because he he had asked for my number at that time. He was like, can I please let me get your number? He got all the girls' numbers. I didn't think anything of it. I was like, sure. He calls me. He said, hey, I again, I really want to apologize for the way I treated you earlier. You didn't deserve it. So well, thank you. I appreciate that. He was like, to make it up. And I was already had met up with a friend at that point. We were going to go have drinks or whatnot. And he said, to make it up to you, um, I want you to go to Nordstrom's. I have a girl who's waiting for you at the front um, and you can help yourself to whatever you'd like. I was like, what? (laughs) He said, yeah, you can help yourself to whatever you'd like. And I said, well, I can't just leave. Like I'm actually with a friend right now. Um, and we have plans already. Like I can't just drop everything and go. He said, yeah, buy her whatever she wants to. (laughs) (laughs) It's my friend Maria. 
Uh, Maria's going to listen to the story and fucking crack up because this is years ago. This is 10 years ago. And I was like, hey, Maria, uh, this guy wants us to buy us whatever the fuck we want at Nordstrom's. Do you want to go? And she's like, hell yeah, let's fucking. Maria loved sugar daddies as well. So she was like, fuck yeah, we're going. So we go. And sure enough, there she's, we walk in, there's this lady. She's like, Priscilla. I'm like, oh my God. She's like, yeah, whatever you like. Go ahead. So I think we rock up maybe like $4,000. Like I was greedy as shit. I was like, oh, hell yeah. And Michael Kors was back in back then. So I got myself a shit ton of Michael Kors um, things and or purses and whatever accessories. And um, yeah, that's how it started. So it started off innocent enough like that. I mean, not really innocent because what is innocent about that situation? Um, And it just escalated from there. So after that, he did... Um, I guess technically become my sugar daddy. And the thing is, men always assume that there's no way a man is giving you that amount of money without you fucking him. Now, does it happen? Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of girls that will get relationships with these guys and they'll fuck them and whatever. And it's more than just sex for money and whatever, vice versa. And there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody's entitled to doing that if that's what they want to do. This was not the case in this situation. In this particular situation, and a lot of times, these men, if they want sex, they'll go get it. They have they have enough money to go anywhere and pay for it. They want to go to a strip club. They want to go to the champagne room. They'll buy that shit. They don't need. These men are not looking for sex. These men are looking for an emotional connection. They want to think that you want them. They want to think that you need them. They want to feel empowered. It goes way beyond the physical aspect of a relationship. Like They need that emotional and mental connection with you. Um, and that's exactly what this guy was looking for. So he ended up becoming like a mentor to me and he was a decent enough guy. Like, I mean, he, he, don't get me wrong. He was super fucking old and he was blind. Like he had a driver that drove him around. Um, so when people saw us out, they definitely knew that it was sugar daddy, sugar baby type setup, whatever. I didn't really care. Like I enjoyed his company for the most part. Like he was, he didn't make me feel uncomfortable besides that very first day and towards the end, which we'll get to. Um, but for the most part, like he was a funny guy. He gave me advice. Like I would literally just tell him what was going on in my life and he would give me advice on what I needed to do. Um, and that's what it was. Like I never once and I never will ask for money. I will never ask a man for money ever. It just will not happen. If you, um, what all I did in that particular situation is I would tell him what was going on and he would offer it. So when I told him I was going through a divorce, he offered to pay for it. When I told him I wanted, I needed a new apartment and I needed furniture to furnish it, he paid for it. I wasn't stupid. I was still a smart 22 year old. Nothing was under his name. All the furniture I purchased was under my name. He always had to give cash. And I knew it was because, and here's the thing, when they always want to pay cash and they're always wanting to be sneaky or they say like, you can only call me during certain hours or you can only reach out to me via email or this way or that way. It's because they've got a full ass family back home. And this was definitely the case. And I knew that. Um, but he always made it seem like he was single. So I was like, all right, you want to play that story? You want to play that game? We can, we can do that. That's fine. Um, so he furnished my entire apartment. Uh, he, paid for or started paying for my rent. My little sister moved in with me. He, she wanted to go to Vegas. He, he paid for her a trip to Vegas. Like he, he was a top notch sugar daddy. Like he fucking went full throttle. Um, so then I met, oh, and then my ex and I were fighting over the car. Yeah. I had, um, 
we're arguing over the car about who was going to take what vehicle. And he was like, don't even worry about it. Don't even have contact with him. Cut him off. Like he, he was, he was very adamant on wanting me to cut off my ex. He was like, cut him off. I'll give you a car. Now he wasn't stupid either. He didn't put the car under my name, but he gave me a six series BMW convertible, very teal, shiny ass, beautiful car. When, when I say like, I would drive up and this car was like $90,000 back then. Like when I drove up to the fucking club in this car, everybody would just be staring at me like, who the fuck is this bitch walking up out of this $90,000 car? Because I know her ass didn't afford it herself or I know she's a little trust fund baby or something. They knew something was up. I loved it. I absolutely loved the attention. Everybody's staring. I was like, hell yeah. I loved it. So he gave me that and he gave me a Mercedes, a C-class Mercedes just to be able to bounce off between the two. I had them parked in my apartment. Um, his driver was name is David. I got along with David. Great. He was awesome. Um, whenever we would go out, so I would meet him only once a week since he lived in Austin, he'd only be able to come down once a week, which was perfect for me. But whenever I met him the one time a week, I had to make sure I had to put aside like four to five hours with him. And he always drove home before nighttime. Again, another sign that he's married. Um, again, I didn't care. I didn't complain. And there, uh, I got, I got a good rapport with David because Uncle Ron would always get fucking hammered every single time we'd go out. And I'd get, I didn't drink as much back then, surprisingly. Um, and my, right when I split up from my ex, I was still in school. So I made it a point to like get tipsy or get buzzed, but like not get hammered. Now, fuck it. I'll get fucking wasted. I don't care. But back then I was like, eh. so he would get absolutely plastered. I would just get a little drunk. And, um, so he constantly, it, it was fine. Like there was nothing wrong with it. He never, did anything too inappropriate. So I let it go on. Uh, what was the turning point? Turning point was when I got a boyfriend. So I got a boyfriend and I kept it secret from my, I did hide it from my boyfriend for the first like month. Uh, and it was on my mind and I was like, shit, I really want to tell him I need to tell him. Uh, I finally did. And I wasn't, I was still technically employed with Hooters, but I was constantly paying girls to pick up my shift. So all the girls were like, where the fuck, where is she getting all this money? Like she's literally paying $50 or to a hundred bucks for somebody to pick up her shift every single shift she had. And then finally one day I quit. And, um, so my boyfriend at the time was questioning, like, how do you, I'm so confused. Like, how are you? He didn't say anything for a full last month. So it took him a goddamn month to finally question me and be like, Hey, so how are you, how do you afford all this stuff? Cause I was, we would go shopping and I'd pay for all of his stuff. Like I'd buy him a ton of clothes. And he was like, how do you pay for all this stuff? And I'm like, do you want to know the truth? He said, yeah. And he's over here and he's chilling. We're in my kitchen and in my kitchen was the laundry room as well. So he literally has his arm resting over like these badass stainless steel front loading washer and dryers that basically talk to you. Um, and so he was like, how do you afford this? And I said, uh, well, and so I told him, I told him the entire truth and he's just like, what the fuck? And I was like, yeah, I was like, but I haven't had sex with them. I swear. I haven't even, I haven't fucking done anything with them at all. Swear scouts on her have not. And he was a really, um, we had a really good relationship. I mean, we, we had so much trust in that relationship. He believed me. And, uh, he goes, well, if it gets weird you need to cut it off. I said, okay, I will. Uh, he was like, what all has he purchased? And I told him, and I was like, well, he's, uh, he actually purchases washer and dryers that your arm is chilling on right now. <laughs> he was like, what the fuck for I was like, I know you asked. I told you the truth. So he goes, um, 
He was like, all right, if it gets weird, like, yeah, let me know. It got weird. Um, his wife ended up calling me one day. I guess he had left his laptop open. He, I don't know. She went through his stuff. Um, his wife did call me. And this is the one time about the entire thing that I did feel horrible about. Uh, she called me and she was broken. I mean, this was what made me feel like shit. She was, it was, it wasn't even, she wasn't a bitch. It was more of like a cry of desperation. God, this is so bad. She was just like, how do I compete? Like, how do I compete with somebody like you? She was like, you're young, you're beautiful. Like I'm old. And that broke my fucking heart because she was right. Like, I, well, she wasn't, well, what I told her was like, it's no competition. Like there is no competition. Like you are his wife. He is with you. I didn't know about you. I knew, but I didn't know technically because he had never told me. I don't know about you. I was like, I'm not sleeping with your husband. I was like, I'm not doing any with him. I was like, I am just some girl that he is giving money to that he likes attention from. That's it. I'm stroking his ego. That's all I'm doing. And I told her, I was like, look, I'm not, I'm just going to be like, girl to woman because I was a girl at the time I was like girl to woman I'm not probably not the only girl he's doing this with and I probably won't be the only girl he's doing this with so if this is something that really like affects you and who am I a 22 year old girl that a mistress was technically not even a mistress who am I to be telling this older established probably intelligent woman like what she should be feeling but I just was like if you're if you really care about this man like you this is not somebody you need to stay with so that was the one and only time that I did feel guilty about the entire situation. After that, things went completely downhill. He called me. He's like, I'm sorry. Like, uh, we're fine. Her and I are okay. Like, uh, don't worry about it. And that's when I started pulling away because I had told my boyfriend what had happened. And he was like, yeah, that's that's fucking shitty. Like, he's like, are you really going to continue this? And I was like, no, I think I'm going to start like slowly like weaning it out. I'm going to give him. So I told him um, that I got in a car and that he could come pick up his vehicles. And that's when he started like seeing red flags. He got really desperate at that point. He had an extra house in Austin and he was like, I want you to come move into this house in Austin. I want to be able to see you more often. And I was like, I'm not moving to Austin. Like I have an apartment. I'm not moving to Austin. And that's when uh, shit kind of exploded. And so I'll never forget. He got really drunk one night. Um, I don't know. He was in Austin. He wasn't with me, but he was with, he was out somewhere and he called me probably like, I don't know, like 50 times in a row, just over and over and over. And I finally answered. I was like, do you need, this needs to stop. This is done. This is over. Um, you need to come get your cars. He was like, well, I'm going to, if I'm going to fucking get my cars, I'm going to come get all of my shit too. And I was like, no, you're not. Uh, the only other thing he had given me besides the vehicles and the furniture, um, were his, he had given me jewelry. So he had given me a few Rolexes. He had given me um, an engagement ring. What he said was an engagement ring. He didn't propose or anything, but he was like, this is an engagement ring. This is a promise to you for the future. I was like, okay. And he'd given me his grandmother's heirloom. Um, I told him no like 20 times. I truly did not want to take it. I know it seems really fucked up, but I I took it knowing he wasn't even back to him and I put it in a safe. I put all of the jewelry in a safe because I didn't know what to do with all that shit. And my... um brother-in-law at the time was like, I'll sell the Rolexes for you. Like he had a watch dealer or whatever. Um, so I didn't give a shit about the Rolexes, but the the rings, I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not touching those. Those can stay in the goddamn safe. Um, so he had given me that. And, uh, he had also, (laughs) this is funny, but fuck, 
I guess I got to tell us the truth, right? Truth be told, here we go. Uh, I had asked for, so my breasts are fake. I got a breast augmentation when I was 23 years old um, or 22, 23, whatever. And guess who paid for them? Uncle Ron. I told him I wanted a boob job. And so he gave me the cash for my boob job. So I paid for these puppies 10 years ago in cash in full. Um, and that was another thing that he was started demanding was he was like, I paid for those tits. I get to see them. I was like, uh, I remember, uh, the, one of the last times I had seen him, he was demanding to look at my tits and I got so fucking pissed. And I was like, no, these are, these not fucking belong to you. I don't give a shit if you paid for them. Like these are mine. These are my body. You do not get to see them. Absolutely not. And he just got furious, furious, absolutely furious. Um, anywho, back to what I was saying. I told him, come pick up your shit. He was like, okay, I'm going to pick up everything. I was like, no, you're not. It's under my name. It's my stuff. So just to be sure, my sister's boyfriend's dad was a judge. So we called him to ask him about the situation. He was like, well, it's two things. He's like, one, it is under your name. There's no, he paid cash. Like there's no proof that he even paid for it. Two, um, even if he did pay for it and gave it to you, it's a gift. He's like, so legally speaking, yeah, he could take you to court and he could fight it, but the judge is probably going to grant it in your, like, honor that, you know, it's yours. Now, he's like, if it's over $10,000 worth of stuff, he's like, you're going to end up having to pay taxes on it because you're going to have to claim it and it's on paper, whatnot, whatever. Luckily, he didn't do that. He wasn't that smart. So he um, paid everything cash. So he's like, I'm sending my driver over there. So his driver, David, David, who I'm really cool with, who I thought I was really cool with, he sends David over. <laughs> David comes over. It's really late at night. My little sister and I are there. And he's like, he shows up. He's like, Bristol, and he's super soft spoken. And he brings his fat ass wife. I shouldn't say that. Let me not say that. But she was a fucking Karen for sure. She's down. She's, she doesn't have the balls to come up to my apartment. Only he does. So she's standing. I was, on, I lived on the second floor. She's standing on the parking lot, screaming into the balcony. Um, and he's at the door and she's, he's like picking up the stuff. And I was like, Oh, here we go. And I had already told, Uncle Ron, I already told him, like, look, I'm going to give you back your the keys to the cars, to both vehicles. I'm going to give you your grandmother's heirloom. I'm giving you back that ring. I was like, those are what I'm giving you. He said, okay, that's all I want. He eventually, like, came – he was just like, fine, just give me that and I'm good. So, fine. So, I gave him the keys to the cars and the rings. And then David goes back downstairs and I hear his wife yelling something. She's like, what about the, I heard her Rolex. I knew she was wanting the rest of the fucking jewelry. So he comes back up. He's like, uh, 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 yeah. Um, Mr. Ron says that there's more jewelry you need to give. And I was like, what? So I call him and I was like, Hey, he's asking for everything else. And uncle Ron was like, no, I don't give a shit about anything else. He's like, I just want those rings. I said, okay, well I gave them to him. He said, okay. So we hung up and his wife is still screaming. She's like, get the fucking Rolex. Like I could hear her clearly. So I was like, what is happening? So. I get a phone call five minutes later from Uncle Ron, who is fucking pissed. He is yelling. And he's like, why the fuck wouldn't you give my driver the rings? I did. David fucking took those rings and he pocketed them. He told Old Man Rivers that I never gave him the rings. That fucking liar. He made it seem like I did. I kept the rings. I was like, dude, I did. I gave. I wish I would have recorded it. I wish I would have recorded me returning those rings back. But man, he made it seem like, and of course he didn't trust me. Ooh, he, why would he trust me? He trusts his driver of fucking 10 plus years. So David, that sneaky little fucking hamster, the sneaky little snake, kept those rings and he pocketed them. 
Oh my God. He went off. He was like, I'm fucking taking you to court. I will fucking see you there. And I was like, all right, take me to court. That's why. Knowing damn well he wasn't going to because his wife. Like I knew he wouldn't because of his wife. That's it. So that's how that ended. Um, So just beware, ladies. Like if you want a sugar daddy, there's two things that are going to happen. Either one, daddy will eventually want that sugar. Or two, you are going to be dealing with some fucking drama or some kind of goddamn mess somehow, some way. Um. I don't know. There's nothing wrong with it. Oh, I t- totally commend you. If you got a man that's paying for your ship, I applaud you. Fucking do it. Do what you got to do to make that money. Um, but yeah, that was my shit show of a sugar daddy experience. <laughs> it's a it's a fun story to tell though. So that's why I like telling that story. And again, I'm sure a lot of you are out there like judging the fuck out of me. I've got, I'm, I've got two audiences right now. I've got people that are like, hell yeah, take advantage. Fuck yeah, make that money. And then I got another audience that's like, wow, what a fucking slut. What a fucking gold digger. Fuck her. <laughs> I embrace both audiences. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I moved to Dallas six years ago, and this is Sugar Daddy Central, Sugar Daddy City. This is also Zaddy City. Man, there are some Zaddies here in Dallas. There are some old, good-looking men that are just fucking loaded. And it's like, bro, you do not need to pay these women that any money. You could find a beautiful woman on your own. But again, it's that sense of power they like. They have so much money, they don't know what to do with it. So why not give it to the needy? Um, so yeah, you got a lot of those. Um, I deal with a lot of Zaddies at the Virgin Hotel that I work at. A lot of guys that buy a ton of bottle service. And don't get me wrong, I'm definitely um, mooching off of that. Like not just me personally, but us girls. Like they love, these guys want the presence of pretty women. So we, when they invite us to a boat, when they invite us to the party, we're like, hell yeah, let's do it. And um they usually take care of everything and typically decent enough guys. Like, again, I would never allow myself to be put in a situation I was uncomfortable with. But that is um, pretty much the end of this story. Like, I, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Dealing with some zaddies that like to give money and throw parties and have boats and have a good time. And it is what it is. And I'm going to enjoy it. So <laughs> if you ladies or guys... Hey, there's sugar mamas, especially here in Dallas. There's sugar mamas here as well. But if you ladies have any stories that you want to submit about your sugar dad experience, I would love to hear them. So please submit them. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Priscilla DLR. You can find the podcast Instagram at The Truth Be Told. I would love to hear your input. I would love to hear your stories. Please hit me up. Uh, but that is the end of this episode, y'all. Thank you again for tuning in. I'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. 